Hi, guys, and welcome to our next episode where we're going to be interviewing a childhood friend. Um, her name is Rachel Babry. Well, she was my childhood friend. Now she's a grown adult <laughs> and a very <laughs> successful boss woman. Uh, she's a licensed physical therapist in central Louisiana, and she received her doctorate in physical therapy from the University of St. Augustine for health sciences. Um, today, we hope to dive into details on what um, a PT is, who they treat, what they treat, and where they treat, as well as her experience as an essential health worker during the global pandemic. Um, so thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for joining us. Yes, of course. I'm excited. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about what made you go into physical therapy. Well, originally I went to school. You probably remember this too. I didn't go for PT. That was never on my radar radar at all. I wanted to be a dentist. Um, so I went down to SIUE to pursue a degree in biology and chemistry. And as I was going along about a couple of years, I got really tired of learning about plants and animals and mating flies. I was so bored, didn't care about any of it. <laughs> so I talked to my advisor and I was like, what can I do instead that I can be interested in school with? So she directed me towards exercise science so I could do anatomy and physiology, basically learn how the body works, how you can train it to be better, your fuel sources, learn about the heart and lungs. And I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. And so she said, you can do that. Just finish up your prereqs that you need for dental school. And I think you'll be much happier with this route. So I did that. Um, and I was in that program for about a year. Um, took my dental admissions test, did my applications for dental school. And I was in a summer course at that time. And they used to bring um, speakers in to come talk to us about different professions that you can do with your degree of exercise science. And a physical therapist came in and I was like, oh, this is cool. Never even thought about it. So I immediately called my parents and I was like, Hey, I'm not applying to dental school. All those applications done. I'm not like, I'm not doing it anymore. So I changed my mind right before I was supposed to apply to dental school. Um, graduated six months later, took a year off from school. So that way I could take my GRE and apply to physical therapy school. And here I am now a physical therapist. Well, congrats. Wow. I'm so happy for you. Yes. Um, I can't was imagine. It, so it was, it, it was pretty, um, pretty quick the decision after that after hearing a speaker and I think yes and I think throughout um when I was in those courses just learning about how the body moves like you learned about every muscle and its action and what it does um and how it can serve you like we had strength and conditioning classes if that's the route people wanted to go we had a lot of nutrition classes and I was really getting into learning how to treat your body, like how you can make it the best that it can be. And so I think it was a slow transition throughout. And I just didn't realize I officially wanted to change until I heard a few therapists talk and I did some shadowing and I was like, okay, this is, this is for me. That's really cool. Yeah. Cause Rachel's a very, like, once she says she wants to do something, she sticks with it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, um, you changing your mind about something would be, it would take some time, but once you did, you're like for sure with it, you know? Yes, exactly. And to me, this makes so much sense for you because you were so active throughout your life. Mm -hmm. um, I remember you were in like every sport and you're always doing like X, you like didn't just do the work in the gym, but you were always doing like extra stuff. Like you had mm -hmm. like a personal coach that you worked with once mm -hmm. for extra yep. stuff. And like you were doing weight training instead of like normal PE and like, you know, right. It's a lot of sense that you're doing something with movement involved mm -hmm. more than dentistry. I agree. And a lot of people told me that afterwards. They're like, yeah, that seems like a perfect fit for you. I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me this before? <laughs> Save me time. <laughs> Speaking of dentists, I am like a little, you probably can't tell now that I have makeup on, but I'm swollen because I have to get a root canal re oh, no. redone. So I've already had a root canal and it's right with your some, front too. Yes. It's called, um, like a refresh or something. Um, so my that sounds I terrible. Like limited mobility in my lip in my lips. You say it's, it's called a refresh. Yeah. I think it's called a root canal refresh or something. So I nice thought once you got like your root canal, the roots were like the nerves were gone. So, so they're supposed to be, but, um, a lot of times if once they go in there, they figure out it's like more complicated than they thought. Um, and, or like in my, for me, it was because I was younger and my teeth weren't fully grown in when I got my mm -hmm. root canal. So it caused like some little 
branches that still have like that makes the nerve sense. in there. You were like in what first grade when that happened? Second? Second, yeah. Mm-hmm. I re- literally vividly remember that day you fell off the bleachers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'll, dramatic. I'll forever be the girl that like had a Wonder Bread bag <laughs> Wonder of, bread. of ice that <laughs> like ice. everyone remembers it. <laughs> That's what being in a small town is like. Everyone remembers everything. Um, Goodness. I guess it will stay with PT. I was going to say, speaking of a small town. We can go there. Okay. <laughs> we can go there. <laughs> You're in charge. <laughs> I forget sometimes, you know. Um, speaking of a small town, I really want to talk to you about living in, you've lived now in, of course, our small town of Carthage, mm-hmm. which only has a population of 2,800 people. And which is really hard for Sam to imagine. I mean, he's been there now, so he can get it, but he's from (laughs) Los Angeles. Oh my Um, goodness. So it's much different than Carthage. Um, But now you've also lived in near St. Louis and experienced the whole St. Louis city life a bit. Mm -hmm. And then you've lived in Florida and Louisiana. Mm -hmm. What are South Carolina? Oh, and South Carolina. Yeah. You've been everywhere. (laughs) Um, so pros and cons of all the places and like, what is your favorite so far? Ooh, I would think my favorite is either Charleston, South Carolina or St. Augustine, Florida, where I lived. Um, both places are right on the beach and I'm a sucker for like the water and just everyone's like very chill and relaxed there. And there's always like something to do. Like even just hanging out, hanging out on the beach with your friends is a blast or just swimming in the ocean. And both of those places were very like active and like health conscious. So there was always something healthy to eat. Like in St. August, we had, we had food trucks everywhere and they were just very healthy. And like, you just always felt good. Like people on the beach, they were just very healthy and active. So I really liked those places. Um, Where I'm living now is pretty much the exact opposite of that. So you get like fried food and like that Southern cooking wherever you want to go. So like going out to eat is not my favorite thing. I let me cook and I'll eat what I want. Um, And I'm in the central Louisiana, so there's not anything here really necessarily. Um, I mean, it's bigger than our hometown, obviously. So there's some stuff to do, but. Have you checked out? I would say that's what it says. Our favorite comedian yet? Not yet. So I feel like when you told me that I used to be driving all the time. So when I was on my rotations, I always had like an hour drive every day. So I'd always listen to podcasts and now I have a five minute drive. So by uh, the time I get my car to drive, I'm already, you know, there. Like one or two songs. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, next by the time, time I find what I want to listen to on the radio, then. Yeah. Then I'm well, there. Next time you're cleaning around the house, you have to listen to Theo Vaughn because he gives me like, um, I feel like I love Louisiana just, just because of Theo Vaughn. And like Sam says that Theo reminds him of his best friend, Jamal. Yeah. And yeah, but I have a friend who's from um, New Orleans, which Theo's not New Orleans is fun. Yeah. So it makes me like realize that people from Louisiana are just so funny and they have just this really personable (laughs) kind of thing. They're their own breed. (laughs) (laughs) um i want to go so i usually do these like random pop questions every episode okay um, and you just say kind of like the first thing that comes to mind so um what is an app that you like um that's not like a super common app but like one of your favorite pieces or it could be hardware technology but um some sort of thing that's not like an iPhone, like a piece of technology that's less common. Yeah, that people might not know about. Like, Let's see. I feel like all my technology I use, I use my Apple products and I use my Peloton. <laughs> Those are very basic. Peloton, that's... That's Peloton. a good one. That's a good one. Is that, that's I, the, is that the thing where you... Uh, the it's the bike. Machine? Uh-huh. And then Do they you also... Use your arms too? No. That, that I think is the Nordic track one this oh, one you okay. just use your legs but then they also on their app have a bunch of other classes like strength yoga bar cardio and they have a tread too so that's like my obsession is my they, peloton um is the peloton like show you like an adventure on the would screen? you like to see it i have it right here next to sure, me yeah <laughs> um so this isn't like in a junk room so just like ignore the mess this is not my home so let's see if i can i flip my screen i sure can so you have like this full screen here 
and you can either do um like certain classes there's a bunch and they have them for like 10 minutes to an hour and so you can choose here and it'll have the instructor talking to you coaching you through the whole thing and then there's also a way you can just do like a scenic ride sorry that light's like blinding you oh that's just ride Mm -hmm. and you can do different routes on that if you just want to ride like this one's new zealand this is switzerland so it just depends on what you want i've actually never done these i always do the ones with the coaches but they Mm -hmm. look fun i don't think i could push myself as hard on these Mm -hmm. because i need someone kind of yelling at my face to tell me what to do (laughs) but yeah (laughs) it's fine but it's really cool (laughs) i would like the scenic thing because sorry it's just so cold here so some of them you you're biking and then you're doing upper body exercises while you're biking yes yeah, so wow. they have a couple different options so you can just do a regular bike class and you do they have a resistance knob and they'll tell you cadence and resistance and outputs so you know what to like strive for and then they also have arms intervals and arms class so you have like tiny bit bike weights that are one two or three pounds and it's more like endurance for your muscles but they just came out with a new one which is my favorite it's called bike boot camp so you'll do intervals on the bike, then you get off the bike and you use like your heavier weights and you will either do upper body, lower body core, you know, whatever they have planned. You jump back on the bike and you come off the floor. So it's a cool way to get your strength yeah. and your cardio in together and your heart rate stays up. That's, that's cool. A, that's really great. Yeah. Sam lo- like loves any gadgets of yeah. technology that can like better his life. So you're probably- Get yourself making- a Peloton. Yeah, you're probably making yeah. want to get a Peloton. <laughs> they're um expensive so be aware i bought mine from somebody else who used theirs like three times i was like yes, did you see all the it. um the blowback from an ad it might have been a pellet mm-hmm. it was a peloton bike yes last <laughs> christmas and i was like i don't care i still want it i'll be taking yeah. selfies at 6 a.m and no one believed me i want to ride it every day <laughs> um the actor i actually watched the interview of the actress um on the news afterwards and she was like that was totally my fault. I'm just too good at acting. And they told me to have like this, like worried face and like the worried face made her like, look like she didn't want to like do the bike and her do husband it. making her lose weight or something. There was like this skinny woman mm-hmm. and she asked for a pel or he got her a Peloton for Christmas. And like it, people, it was like one of those like cancel culture moments. And like people were like pissed that like it made it look like the husband was trying to get her to lose weight or something for her. Yeah, and that she wouldn't, and like she wouldn't like keep doing it and that she had to keep herself accountable. Yeah. I got mine for graduation. It was the best gift I've ever gotten. So forget all those haters out there. I'm team Peloton. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next question is random, but we talk about music on the podcast a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. What is one of your favorite songs right now? Oh, right now. Or ever. You know, I'm a huge Lady Gaga fan, so Lady Gaga will always have my heart, every single one of her songs. Oh, I like her new one a lot, Rain On Me. It's not so new anymore. That sounds good. I had a major obsession with Lady Gaga, Sam. I don't know if she's ever told you this, like, kind of a creepy obsession. Like, my license plate used to say Lady Raw, because Shani was like, you should get that. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's do it. I think you did tell me that. You did tell me that part, yeah. And it just got changed this past year when I had to get my Louisiana license plate. So, like, as I got older, it was a little more embarrassing. So, like, drive up to places that were, like, professional and hide in the back so people couldn't be like, is that your car? (laughs) That's amazing. Awesome. Um, What is a typical workout food routine if you have one? Uh, So, yeah, I run my Peloton every day. I normally get up around 4.30-ish, 4.45 and do a workout every day. I typically will either do like one of those bike boot camps that I was telling you guys about to do the strength and cardio, or I'll do a 45 minute ride and then jump off and do like a 15, 20 minute strength workout. Um, and then I'll get ready and I drink, I don't know if you guys have ever heard Huel, but it's a type of like plant-based protein has like a lot of my coworker was telling me. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It has like all your, yes, yes. It has like all your vitamins and minerals that you need to basically survive. Um, I honestly didn't like it at first, but I've gotten used to it now. Um, so I drink that in the morning for breakfast. And I also drink that at lunch too with some fruit. And then I eat a regular like normal food dinner. So I'm Are pretty, pretty basic. Not a hundred percent. I try to eat plant-based as much as I can, but I'll still eat 
meet every once in a while. It's just not something I typically buy or make, but if I'm out like at a restaurant and there's nothing else, I'll order like grilled chicken or like when I was in Florida, I would like to get the fish because it was good there because it was fresh. So are you gluten-free? Mm-hmm. I think I remember that. Yeah. So all my digestive issues, I, I try to avoid uh, gluten and dairy as much as possible. And you have um, strength equipment at your house, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You I have, have um, some have. free weights. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. That's nice. You could do everything there. Yeah. Yeah, it was um, really great during the pandemic when all the gyms closed. So I still yeah, have my gym. And that you already had them, you know, I, cause mm-hmm. I, I was trying to buy what I, I did end up buying a kettlebell, but it was really hard to find one mm-hmm. that I wanted <laughs> the way that I wanted. Um, are you vegetarian for health reasons, ethical reasons, or what exactly made you choose to eat a less meat in your diet? A little bit of both. So several years ago when I was having, so I have IBS. Um, and several years ago I was having a ton of difficulty. Like every time I ate, I would just get super bloated and uncomfortable. Like I can get to the point I'm so bloated. I look like I'm six months pregnant. And so you're just like, everything's gassy. You can't like, you don't want to wear your clothes. Like it was just miserable. So I took a food allergy test cause I knew something that I was eating constantly. Cause I was eating very clean, but I knew one of those things had to be causing the problem. And a lot of things that came back as reactive was a lot of meat. So like chicken was pretty high up there um, and pork and beef and just a lot of those different meats that you would typically eat. And at that point, I wasn't really eating it a whole lot. Um, I'd kind of scaled back to eating meat once a day and I didn't eat meat on Mondays for Meatless Monday just for like an ethical reason to help like the global warming and whatever. I'm not like a huge global warming person. So I don't think I'm a crazy hippie, but you know, just overall for like (laughs) the health of the world. so I was already doing that anyway. And then when those results came back, uh, I was like, well, this just is a good reason to pretty much cut it out completely. So I did, um, for the most part, it does help my stomach when I do, if I would eat it quite a bit, like back to back, then I do notice like feeling more upset, like my stomach feels more upset. So it has helped, but it's kind of a mix of both. Um, I'd watch some documentaries and stuff on Netflix, which, you know, Anything like that is always skewed one way. It doesn't show you the facts for everything, but it kind of just changed my perspective a little bit. I'm not a that's, meat hater on anybody. That's kind of I know like some people love like the, um, what was it? The all meat diet. Joe Rogan did that for a while and stuff. That. So like he does it. I did that. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm glad you mentioned that. that yeah. I, I'm glad you have like a balanced perspective on it though. Yeah. You have to, you have to look at both sides of everything. And like, I think yeah. there's no diet that fits one person. Like some people are really like, I know you do keto and some people are really into that. And some people that can't work for their body. And so you just have to figure out what kind of works for you, you know? Yeah. That's our goal with this podcast is, um, that's why we called it nuance and nonsense (laughs) because, um, for one, we just, we don't want to take ourselves too seriously. Like we're not Mm -hmm. professional, like health experts, you know, but we want to talk about these new nuanced, um, discussions of like, yeah, maybe a carnivore diet like really helped him and other people should try it. Um, whereas maybe a vegetarian diet really helped you and other people mm-hmm. should try that. And there's not mm-hmm. always one thing exactly in our culture, especially like on social media. It's like once someone finds something that works for them, they try to like act like it's the only thing that works for mm-hmm. anyone. And we're just all so different. We all have um, different genetics and different backgrounds so exactly exactly i like that you're already on that page with us (laughs) (laughs) and it's nice that you're we're interviewing someone that is a vegetarian even you're not full vegetarian but more vegetarian because we just interviewed someone that's like full-on meat yeah he was into keto and and eating bacon and mainly meat so So it's nice to have balanced Mm -hmm. perspectives on the podcast Complete Um, opposite pretty much is what you just got. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My next like pop question that I always ask someone is a typical thing you would wear casual or dress up. Like what's um, fashion wise casual. Like what do you wear casual and what do you wear? Like an outfit for casual and outfit when you dress up. Cause I know well, every, <laughs> right. Well, every day I wear Royal blue scrubs for work. So I'm looking really sharp in those. <laughs> those would probably be like my casual day. Um, or if we're just like going out to like go out to eat or something, I just wear jeans and like a cute shirt or something. Um, fancy. Where are you shopping? Where are you shopping the most now? Cause I know 
When we were in high school, we used to shop at Buckle. Shop at Buckle. Ooh, sometimes I order things off of Amazon. Sometimes I'll find like local boutiques here and there. Sometimes I shop at Target. There's not like one main store I have. I'll see stuff people have like on social media. I'm like, ooh, that's cute. And I'll like try something from a random store that I've never tried and hope for the best. Um, so there's not like one store. I, I don't even think there's like any name brands that I have anymore. Someone was asking me the other day, like, what kind of name brands do you like? And I was like, I don't know, <laughs> wear whatever. Yeah, I remember you and your sister though. You guys always like, you know, I always wanted to like borrow things out of your closet because you always had really good fashion taste. And I don't you know how to- you were fitting our clothes. You were so tiny. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, you guys were both small too. Um, what uh, What was your fancy outfit? Oh, I don't think I said. Um, I'd probably wear a dress of some sort. I haven't done anything fancy in so long. I know. Like, seriously, all I do is wear my blue scrubs. None so of us. Like- none of us can dress up anymore because <laughs> of COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the fancies I've worn recently was like dress pants and a dress shirt. And I noticed like we interview. were we were both wearing like sweats today. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> we're both like fancy on top and then sweats on the bottom. <laughs> so I was like, I asked her, I was like, yeah, what do I need to be doing? I was like, is this going to be on tape, tape or not? Because if it's not, I'm wearing a t-shirt. But if it is, I'll wear like something decent. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your sweats when you stood up to show us the all time. Uh, we're on the right, You caught me. You caught me. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, this one's funny, so hopefully your boyfriend doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> who's, who's your celebrity crush, if you have to pick one? Hmm. Celebrity crush. You know, I think I've been obsessed with Zac Efron since High School Musical, and still to this day when he's anything, I'm like drooling. Have you watched his Netflix show yet? Mm-mm, not yet. Yeah. You should watch I it. I saw the previews for it, but I haven't seen it. He had a good physique in Baywatch. (laughs) (laughs) My boyfriend has Zac Efron. (laughs) There's no problem with that. No shame. No, I actually, I thought he sounded kind of, um, I don't want to be mean, but he just seemed like totally bro-y during his Netflix show. But I had friends that like really loved it. Like, like they really, it's cool. I, I think it's awesome. He's doing that though. I yeah. Think, his show right? is really neat. It's I mean, like, I didn't watch the whole thing. I only they go one and episode, explore but. like, like alternative energy sources and mm-hmm. like stuff like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just cool. Like, to be honest, I watched like five minutes of it in the beginning and I got bored. So maybe I should give it another <laughs> try. I was like, this is not what I was expecting. <laughs> I was like expecting to learn something. I thought it was going to be, you know, more like a show. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, he tries to be very, like, intellectual and, like, thought-provoking, but it's kind of like, he's kind of like, oh, my bro! That's, a, that's probably how I am when I talk. I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm like Einstein. You know? I'm just funny. I'm dissing on Zach Efron. He's very attractive and much bro more successful science. than me. So. That's what it's called, bro science. Um, <laughs> what is one of your favorite, like, uh, favorite self-improvement or philosophy books or even just like, like a like a book maybe that had an impact on your ideas or how you think about something. Or it doesn't have to be a book if you haven't um, <laughs> read lately. Like me, I tend to not read a whole lot. But um, just anything um, sort of philosophy. I read a book back in undergrad. And it's still one of my favorite. And I believe it's called How to Influence or How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs> I might have it wrong. I can look that up real quick. Um, that was one of my favorite books, book. and I still like. I need to go back and reread it because it's been several years now. But that like kind of changed my perspective on how your interactions with people matter, and like purposely making an effort to remember people's names and like repeating it back. You know, people always say like I'm bad with names, so it gave you like a good idea of how to remember names, and it means a lot more to people. And just kind of basically taught you kind of how to be a better person, more caring. So that was probably one of my favorite ones. Yeah, you've started. I, you've I haven't read that finished book it. Like, I'm like halfway again, done. Again, haven't you? No, I, ha- I didn't finish it. Oh. Yeah, it is a really good book. All the all the um, all the guys I work with like talk about it a lot. Like they're all salesmen, and it's good for that. But it's good for anything. Yeah, Just it makes it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like working with patients and having to remember their names and like trying to remember stuff they told you so you would be able to like talk to something about them again, just being like very involved in the conversations helps that way you can kind of 
win over patients a little bit too and gain their trust. That's a good point. Yeah. Imagine. Um, one last question that's not necessarily like physical therapy related. Um, I remember you putting in our 2012 graduation class Facebook mm-hmm. group that you're building a house. Yes. Like what the heck? That's crazy. <laughs> like, are you paying someone to build it or is your like boyfriend super handy and like building it himself? Like- he's not building it. <laughs> <laughs> not saying that he's not handy. He can definitely like fix some stuff. Mm-hmm. He's not building it. Um, so back this summer, we started like casually looking at houses and cause I mean, I was living in an apartment. He had his house. We're paying two separate, like everything. Mm-hmm. which is fine. But I mean, it gets expensive. And I was never like at my own apartment. I was always at his house because there's just more room. And so we started looking at some houses and like got with a realtor and that was exciting. And we put in a couple offers for two different houses, but the just didn't go through, like wasn't meant to be. And so one of the last places we put an offer in, they were not willing to negotiate on the price at all. And their listing agent was like, Hey, we can build you that exact same house. You can customize it how you want for this X amount of price. And we can start on it within three to four months. We have lots available. Like it was almost too good to be true. And Mm -hmm. so we're like, okay. So we met with a contractor, found a house plan, like tweaked it how we wanted. And now it's like ready to go. So it was supposed to get started back in November, but I don't remember what all happened in the beginning, but they had to like wait to let the bank close on the lot that they were going to get um, and all everything that they have to do on their end. And then that person's family, entire family got COVID. His mom got COVID and died. And his sister got COVID and was on a ventilator. So everything's been pushed back significantly, oh, but man. yeah. And I was That's like, I, I understand. Is everyone yes. doing like, okay now? I think so. Um, we get updates like every couple weeks, just, mm-hmm. I mean, they've been really busy. So there's, they say they're supposed to start mid-December. We'll see, maybe the first of the year. But our contract we signed says April. So who knows? We may have a house in April. We've got plenty of extra room, so you guys can come visit. And we'll make a trip to New Orleans. <laughs> We're about three hours from there, but it'd be fun. Oh, I didn't tell you I'm coming home for Christmas. So on my drive oh. home, I can listen to your podcast. Yeah, I was going to try to see me to listen to if we could schedule the podcast, um, when you were back home for Christmas, but I know that you were always like crazy, like busy during Christmas with all your family. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't even want to, let's just do it over zoom. And you might be like worried about COVID stuff. So I was like, let's just do it. Um, how did you meet your boyfriend? Um, so backstory, he was actually my clinical instructor for my first PT rotation. So so he's probably not like physical therapy. Yeah. Too. Yeah. He's a physical therapist. So yeah, he was my instructor for one of my like learning rotations. Oh, so it's probably awesome. like not approved, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> it all works have, out. Did you guys have to like hide it for a bit? And then and nothing really happened until like the last few days that I was a student and then it was all hidden and then I was done. I passed, you know, whatever. So oh. then it just kept on coming. That's why I'm here. Cause I mean, I wouldn't have moved here for no other reason, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, um, cool. I mean, we had to keep it hush hush, like for my school and stuff. Like we didn't know if I'd get in trouble or not. So we just kept it very quiet. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't care. Like his family knew and everyone at the clinic knew, but, um, yeah, I always think it's kind of mean or I guess just not realistic when they say like, don't have relationships in the workplace because when you're an adult, like unless you get on a dating app, like we did, that's really the only place you meet people unless you're meeting them in the bars or like the gym or the grocery store, like where else are you going to meet people? Exactly. Um, so you, um, mentioned pelvic floor therapy. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? And this is like some sort of specialty that you're Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So physical therapy, you can treat pretty much anything you can think of, but my like favorite little niche is the pelvic floor physical therapy. So this can be used for men, um, women, or even kids that you don't typically think of getting therapy as often, but your pelvic floor is basically like a bowl. It's like a sling that attaches from your pelvic bone in the front, all the way to your tailbone in the back. And it holds your urinary and reproductive organs in your systems. So it's really important to keep everything together and working smoothly. So if something isn't working correctly, then you're going to start noticing dysfunctions, whether that's pain, um, you're having incontinence issues, you're having prolapse, 
you know, any sorts of things can happen if that's not working correctly. It can also cause you to have low back pain, um, issues with your abdomen, your hips, your legs. So it's all kind of connected right there at your, your pelvis. So you have to look for, you know, from the shoulders, looking at your posture alignment, cause your spine is connected to your pelvis. So something's messed up here at your shoulders. It can have dysfunction at your pelvis and same thing all the way down to your feet. Super interesting. I feel like I have mm-hmm. something wrong with that. <laughs> you make an appointment. Come see me. I have low back pain, and then like my hip flexors are all, always feel like they're about to like snap or something. I think you need a stretch. I mean, you definitely could have something with that, and sometimes too, your low back pain can definitely be caused if your hip flexors are super tight because it puts your pelvis at an incorrect alignment, causing you to have a more curve in your low back. So that'll cause you to have that low back pain because your hip flexors are so tight. It's pulling your pelvis forward. So um, stretching those hip flexors, strengthening your hamstrings and your glutes can all kind of help put your pelvis back in correct alignment. Oh, so does that have to do with like anterior pelvic tilt? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And do people often get that from sitting at a desk too much? It can be for a number of reasons. Um, Sitting at a desk, definitely, because you're sitting so much that those hip flexors get tight. So then, like I was just saying, that can pull your pelvis forward, giving you that anterior pelvic tilt. Um, If you don't stretch, you're doing a lot of things where you're just always sitting at 90 degrees or your hips are flexed up quite a bit, then yeah, it'll cause you to have the anterior pelvic tilt. How accurate is that? Like, you know, um, not literally smoking or that uh sitting is the new smoking like not like mm-hmm. obviously i don't mean literally that but like that whole idea right. of like that sitting is like oh you're killing yourself by sitting you know there is definitely some truth to that people are not moving as much obviously so then they're getting more overweight and the overweight um will cause tr- damage to your your bones your joints causing you know future replacements in the future that's knee or hip replacements you're having the arthritis um, which is making you want to sit even more. So your heart is getting out of shape. Your lungs are as conditioned as they should be. So everything really does kind of go to crap to say it nicely if you're just sitting nonstop. But I mean, if you're sitting a lot at work, but then you're getting up and moving around throughout the day, you're working out at home, that can kind of help counteract it. So that's why there's always that big push to try to get up at least once an hour to just get things moving as yeah. well. And so it's really more just a sedentary lifestyle, not necessarily, mm-hmm. okay. That's, yes, that makes yes. sense. Mm-hmm. Like some, okay. All right. Um, so someone who sits eight hours a day, maybe, but they're getting up every hour and they work mm-hmm. out and they're, you know, uh, yeah. overweight, mm-hmm. then they're probably okay. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you ever prescribe someone a standing desk or like an exercise yeah. ball or anything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, a lot of times, like in your outpatient places, we can go and make modifications at the workplace. And so you can get an order from either your therapist or your physician, depending on the workplace and request a standing desk to help um, with people's dysfunctions that they're having. Um, Cause sometimes it'll help if they're sitting too much. It can also give you low back pain because you know, your hip flexors are getting tight and everything else. So you can make those adjustments for people. Um, sometimes people who have a lot of like sitting pain and like tailbone pain, you can prescribe them certain seats to sit on to help with that at the workplace as well. So as long as the employer, and most of the time they're typically willing to work with you because they want their employee there. They don't want to have to pay for disability or pay for an amount and have a temp person in there. They're usually pretty compliant to make changes. That's good. Yeah, what as long I as it's cost my, effective. What if I want my employer to stop bringing donuts so I can lose some weight? Okay. I think we have to work on self-control. I don't think I need to have self-control. <laughs> <laughs> Only one donut a day. <laughs> yeah, I want my work to buy me a standing desk, but I got like scared to ask because I didn't want to be like that girl, you know, that's like asking for a bunch, but I should just, if I was in an office, I definitely would. Or sometimes people would just like stack stuff up in their offices. If they won't like their employer can't afford it in their budget right now, they'll just put a bunch of books or boxes and then they'll stack it up and stand there. Like I was in PT school, not just to stand because I would be sitting so long studying, but to not fall asleep, I'd put it up on my dresser and just stand there and like type my notes or read through my notes too. Kind of helps me like stay focused. There's a girl who got one at my work and hers is like convertible. So Mm -hmm. yeah, those are cool. And that's what I would want because I feel like I wouldn't want to be standing all day either. Right. You need a break at some point. I've seen the ones too, where they have like the little bike and you can like pedal your feet. I'm like, that's just too much. I would get distracted. (laughs) Yeah. The Ben Greenfield has the uh, walking uh, treadmill desk. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I bet Google has like all kinds of cool desks. I bet so. 
Mm-hmm. I always hear things about them. Um, for a typical physical therapist, who do they treat? And also who do you treat? Okay. Typical physical therapists can range from anything. So we can treat people from newborn babies all the way to like the geriatric patients end of life. So it just kind of depends on what your specialty is there. You can work in a skilled nursing facility or nursing home and you can work with the older population. Uh, You can do home health and you can work with pediatrics there or any age person if they qualify for home health. You can see therapists in an outpatient clinic working with any age, um, peds through the end of life. Um, They can be a neuro center, so you can work with um, post-brain injuries or strokes, people who um, had surgeries like for a sports injury. So you can see therapists doing pretty much whatever you want. Like you can even have them treating vertigo and dizziness, um, the pelvic floor stuff after having a baby. Um, if you have an amputee of your arm or your leg, they can work on getting you an artificial limb and working on how to like rewalk again or how to use that limb. So basically almost anything you can think of, a, th- a therapist can specialize in it and treat for the most part. So it just kind of depends on where you want to be at and what type of things you want to see. Like you can be in a hospital, outpatient, schools, working with sports teams, whether that's high school or um, college or professional, all varieties, um, really. And then what I work with on the daily, I work at a skilled nursing facility. So my, that's my Monday through Friday job or sometimes the weekend. So I'm working with typically people who were at least 65 or older and they might be there long-term or they could be there just short-term. They had um, a, a heart surgery. They had a injury with a surgery, you know, they're just there to kind of rehab, get stronger, teach them how they can adapt to go home and they'll go home after like 90 to hundred days and other people are there long-term. And so that's the patient you typically see with dementia or um, some disabilities or greater injuries that they're never going to be able to return home with. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do every day. And then I'm going to start treating the pelvic floor therapy starting in January. So that'll kind of mix it up a little bit, be a little more fun. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, and then where they treat, you mentioned that's really anywhere too. Mm-hmm. Inpatient yeah, so, hospitals. Yep, inpatient hospitals, outpatient clinics, um, the sports facilities, fitness facilities, home health it went within people's homes, nursing homes, long-term care facilities, pretty much anywhere you can name it, like in a medical place, you, you can find them. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to people why um, it's important to do maybe some kind of resistance training or strength training? Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to pretty much do anything, you have to have some sort of muscle. So depending on people's job, you have to strength train in certain ways, or you can just do it, you know, recreationally for fun. Um, but having the load of the strength also helps build your bones stronger. So that'll help prevent future diseases and injuries in the future, as long as you're doing it safely with good form. So let me say that first. Um, so that'll help prevent like osteoporosis in the future. It's just majorly um, important for women because they're more at a high risk for that. Um, and then you're going to, the stronger you are, the bit a better able you're going to be to move. You're going to feel better. You're going to look better. So it also helps people with the confidence as well, but you're going to be able to do your job better. So if you have to lift things for your job, um, it'll be better for you. The more muscle mass you have, the more calories you're burning as well throughout the day. So then people are trying to lose weight. That's an also a good option for them as well. Um, for me, I have to do quite a bit of heavy lifting every day. You wouldn't think of it so much as a physical therapist, but I'm transferring people in and out of their beds to their wheelchair, um, or onto the toilet. And a lot of these people can't stand on their own. So you're lifting people at least 150 pounds or so transferring them from different places or helping them stand. So you have to be able to have some muscle behind you to help stand these people up and do it safely without hurting yourself. And so did you say that at the beginning that having more muscle mass like that, that in itself, it, um, it helps with the bone health. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yep. So you want to look putting the stress on the bone. Is that part Mm -hmm. of it? Yep. So you want to add the stress to the bone. It's called the overload principle too, to help with your muscle gains, but you want to stress those bones so that way they can build back up stronger. So it's very important to do resistive training and it doesn't have to be like massive, like extensive training. You think of bodybuilders. So even like if you're just doing body weight strength training, like your body weighs something. So it's also putting that stress on those bones. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, something like yoga, like I told my mom, like mm-hmm. yoga is good. Like that's strength training and 
you can progressively overload it and you can see the mm-hmm. progress and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause like in the beginning you start yoga, most people aren't very flexible. So they can't do the very hard positions, but the more you progress, you also get stronger and more flexible. You able yeah. to do a lot more, but yeah, yoga is a very good thing. Do you do yoga? I got into it for a while when I was studying for boards because it helped me like calm myself down and I was like getting very flexible because you know me, I like was so stiff. I could not touch my toes. So I got to the point I was like touching my toes. I was feeling great. And then I rode my Peloton too much in the morning and then I'd make time to stretch. So I haven't been stretching doing yoga anymore. I did stretch yesterday for the first time in a while. I was like, ooh, this is bad. <laughs> I got to get back to it. Yeah, I, I get in phase, and I, I like, get in phases need too. to do it. Yeah. I need to do it. And I'm like telling people all the time that they need to stretch. So I need to practice more of that when you can, you know, practice what you preach, but I do a lot of it. That's just not, not my strong suit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, a lot of us need, it's so hard to work in everything, you know, work mm-hmm. in cardio, work in strength, work in meditation, work in yoga, work in like all these, yeah. you're right. cooking more, like all these things you want to work in um, on top of your own passions, your own work, like, it's a lot. So mm-hmm. we're, we're all human. Um, <laughs> if someone wants to make a physical therapist appointment, say they're having mm-hmm. back pain. And mm-hmm. if you're like me, like I don't typically, like I, if I'm having back pain, I would rather go to a physical therapist than a medical doctor because mm-hmm. I feel like medical doctors always push like surgery or medicine and I would rather fix it naturally with physical mm-hmm. therapy. Um, do you need like a referral from a doctor or can you just question. go into a physical therapist? How's that work? Yes and no to both. So therapy is now pushing to have direct access, meaning that you can go to a physical therapist, make an appointment. You don't need a referral and you can just go in. So you skip the middleman pretty much. Like if you know, it's not something like chest pain that you're having a heart attack, you know, it's something more musculoskeletal. You can come straight to a PT. However, not all States have approved that yet. And some that have approved it will only let you do it for so many visits. And then you have to go back to your doctor or your insurance won't cover it. So that kind of depends. They also have certain therapists um, that are outpatient that do cash base. So those you don't necessarily need a referral, but they have a set cost you pay every time you go there and it's more expensive, but you're typically getting people who really are motivated and want to be there. Um, If you don't want to go that route, which is a lot more difficult, um, you can get a referral from your doctor and it can be from like a nurse practitioner. It can be from a PA. It can be from a physician. Sometimes you can even call them on the phone if they know you well. Like, hey, I'm having X, Y, and Z issues. I know this physical therapist in town will be able to help me with this. I've maybe worked with them before. Even if you haven't, you know, go in there and just tell them this is kind of what you want to go for. Um, and then they can get your referral that way. It's pretty easy. And that way, you know, your insurance is going to cover it and you'll be good for a longer set of time. So you're not having to go back and forth. So as we kind of progress, hopefully that'll be a little bit easier, but right now you still kind of have to go to the doctor, but if you are having, you know, maybe you're already at your orthopedic, you're at a specialist too, you can always request therapy. Like they might be pushing the medicine and, um, surgeries, like you said, you can try to just ask, Hey, I mean, it's your choice. I want to try this first. And if this doesn't work after so many weeks, let's try the other. Mm-hmm. And a lot of newer physicians are getting better about that. Trying a more natural way instead of just popping people with medicine, especially with the big opioid crisis, they're more likely to try to try therapy first and see if they can maybe do some, is, do some is, thin form and help them out. Is Louisiana one of the States where you can, they're starting to be able to go direct Yes and no. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a gray area. So kind of like I was saying before, you might be able to get a couple of visits, but you're not going to be able to get to the extent that you need right. to have several visits. Um, so most of the time you still kind of got to go to the doctor, you might just I, get two or three visits approved and you're going to, your insurance is going to cover it. So I was going, it's kind of tricky. I was doing some research and I, on like physical therapists and it used to be they only required a bachelor's and then it was a master's Mm -hmm. and then now it's a doctorate Mm -hmm. and they said one of the reasons that they like were pushing for the doctor is they were hoping it would be like a chiropractor where it's less connected to medical and you can just go to your physical therapist Mm -hmm. so um do you think in the future like it is going that way. Like, and do you think it'll be like everybody goes to a physical therapist, almost like a, 
like a physical that you have, like almost everyone's going and like, you're getting your posture checked. And it's like this very, um, it's almost like a personal trainer. Like I feel like, Mm -hmm. um, cause I mean, not everyone has personal trainers, so that's kind of a bad example, but I feel like everyone should have a physical therapist where they're getting like their posture and the way they walk and the way they run Mm -hmm. and all these like fundamental as a preventative thing checked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think being able to just go see them instead of having a referral to the doctors in the future that they're going, they've been really pushing that. And so even having the option of doing it now, like it's not a great option, but you still can in most places. Um, that's in a very good push that they've been working on the past several years. So I think in another probably 10 years, maybe 15, that should be a thing where you can just go. Some places are doing like physicals for people. So they'll do like a wellness screen to basically do what you're saying, checking how people are walking, running. And that would be the dream is people just come in, get a checkup and see what their issues are. If they need therapy, if they don't need therapy type thing and work on those issues before it becomes a problem. And a lot of times after you can discharge people, they can come back up for like a wellness check. Um, maybe it's a few months down the line and just see how they're doing. If they're following up with their HEP or their home exercise program and doing what they're supposed to, and just kind of build up on that and then give them something new to do to continue to progress. Cause you know, eventually insurance is going to run out and you're going to have to be accountable for home. Cause when I was a, a personal trainer. I mean, I would say almost everyone that walks in has muscle imbalances. Oh, for sure. And most pulse personal trainers. I mean, I've been around a lot of personal trainers and I would say most of them aren't, um, well enough, uh, adjusted or not well enough educated to Mm -hmm. fix things like that. Like Mm -hmm. plenty are because they do the extra work and the research, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I would be, it would be more helpful to have an actual like physical therapist working mm-hmm. with everyone to like work on these right. simple things as like, I grew up not running correctly. Like I mm-hmm. um, ran heel to toe mm-hmm. and like, I should have gotten that fixed when I was like young because I've never been able to break it. Like things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And I, I mean, I was a personal trainer too for a little while and what I know now and what I know then. Like if someone came with me like real hard question, I would know it if I made something up like, yeah, sure. You got shoulder pain. Like, let's just work through it type thing. Like you don't realize. (laughs) And most of the time too, like trainers also don't realize like all the smaller muscles and like the different, like you don't analyze um, stuff as much as you do once you're a therapist because you've gone through all that training to learn it. So you're seeing things more than like I would have back then to realize, oh, I need to work on this tiny little muscle. There's something funky going on the shoulder. This is why. and then you better know how to treat the pain of those symptoms that they're having. And then you can go back and strengthen them or stretch them how they need to. But there are some places now that'll have like a gym on one side and a therapist office on the other side. So once you graduate from your therapy, they can send you to the gym where they have like the good trainers that you're talking about that can continue on what they're doing. They can pay like a membership fee to go there. And that way they're kind of still joined together. If they have questions, they can come back and forth, but they're keeping people a little bit more accountable and doing things right. You're with good trainers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I hope that things, I know a lot of, a lot more people are getting into like natural, natural paths and like mm-hmm. things like that. So I, I do hope that, um, what's a natural path. It's, um, how would you explain a naturopath? Rachel? More, more like a, like a holistic kind of view when you like, they're not wanting to always do just like medicine and surgeries and everything for treatment. It's more. It's a holistic doctor. Yeah. Instead of. Is it that they, they won't prescribe medicine or that they just, that's not their focus. Like they look at the whole picture, lifestyle factors and stuff more so. They look at the whole picture. Yeah. Mm Yeah. I think they still prescribe medicine and they would definitely prescribe a lot of like supplements and like things like that versus like they just don't want you to be like addicted to pills forever and like think that's your reasoning like let's see what's causing these issues and fix that and then like kind of come back and see are you still having these issues or did some of this go away Mm -hmm. because yeah what I found with when I have a medical problem is you know they try to treat that problem and give me an antibiotic and then that antibiotic 
gives is this is it's it, gonna it's gonna make a sound every time you do that oh my bad <laughs> I keep um, tapping the laptop. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, and he keeps yelling at me, and I just want to like well, strangle yelling. him. I'm definitely not yelling. <laughs> he's not yelling. He's like going like he's batting my hands. I just went like this. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, um, what was I saying? Oh, so if you get like, uh, you know if you get on an antibiotic that might give you more issues because then it kills all your good bacteria. And like, I found like that cycle. It's a bad spiral. Yeah. And it's like, they're not treating the real root of the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like the symptom. Yeah. So I found Mm -hmm. ways where I've fixed issues my own by just like Googling a bunch and figuring out what's worked for other people and like what mm-hmm. supplements worked for them. And that's like really sad that like I have to that's go what to come to. Yeah. That I have to, like four medical doctors can't help me out, but like this random lady on Amazon's review, like actually worked for me and fixed the problem. Like, you know, right. so yeah, I, that's, that's so true. I think that's why I like therapy so much too. Cause you're not just like looking at the one symptom you hear it. And then you have to look at everything else to figure out where that source of that problem is. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a huge difference too. Like you're saying between the medical doctors and this is you actually find the problem, you fix the problem in that way. Like your goal is that they don't ever have to come back. Like you fix it and they they're done, you know, mm-hmm. not yeah. going back for a side effect of something else or for something else. Yeah. And like your body is so complex. And so, um, simple, like I said this in the last podcast, but there was a guy who came into me and he was in, in it and he also played the harp professionally. Wow. And so his, um, he was having a lot of back pain cause he's always like, mm-hmm. over like this. And, um, it, I ended up working out his back more because I noticed his chest was super tight, mm-hmm. really weak with his back. And within one week, his back pain went away. And mm-hmm. it's just so crazy to think there's so many people going through like chronic pain. And if we just strengthen their core or like mm-hmm. fix their posture, like slowly over time that like some of these postures, huge chronic issues they've been going through that are like mm-hmm. debilitating their life, um, could fix their like overall health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a question about posture actually. Is that something? He got so excited he like jumped out of his chair. <laughs> I got posture. Okay. No. <laughs> um, do, is that just something where it's like okay, you, you have to be more mindful of it, or are there specific things that you'll do to like strengthen muscles in the back? Or yes or... to yes to both. So like Shani was saying about that man had a really big chest. You see that a lot in guys that they just pump out their chest a lot and don't ever think of their back muscles. So all these chest muscles get really tight. So you start seeing people like this. I mean, this is obviously very exaggerated, but like they'll start to slouch like this. So you have to stretch everything out here and work on your shoulder muscles, like your rhomboids, your serratus, um, all these tiny back muscles to help bring people up and be able to sit up nice and tall or stand up nice and tall. And then you have to be like aware of it. So you have to always kind of be retraining it. So sometimes people use like kinesio tape and tape their shoulders back. So that way they're aware of it um, or wear different braces to kind of, that way they know what it feels like and they can remember. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, how has being a physical, physical therapist changed for you during the global pandemic? Ooh, it's been rough. <laughs> so being the first job like out of school, it was interesting. I started my job in February and the pandemic hit like March, I think. And so everything basically shut down in our home in April. And we've been doing COVID tests every week since July. So getting your nose swabbed has been like a real treat. And then for, it was about 12 weeks, we had a massive outbreak. So we were back there treating all these patients with COVID and it had to be the evaluating therapist back there, not the assistants. Um, So I would spend at least five hours a day in our COVID unit treating these patients. Um, And these they were sick. It was, it was quite scary to see some of them. Um, We had a lot that recovered, but we also had several that, you know, passed away, but they were at that vulnerable age that they were, had a less likely chance to survive it. But our lady who was 103, she made it through. So that gives anybody hope. (laughs) She made it. Mm -hmm. Um, But you had to wear a face mask, goggle, shield, gowns, gloves, um, shoe covers, something over your hair. You were gowned up from top to bottom. You saw all your patients back there. You stripped it all off and you went home and you showered and 
hope that you didn't get, get it while you're there. Um, but those people, I mean, you're stuck in these tiny little rooms trying to do therapy with them. They're all pretty much too sick. They didn't want to do anything. They were coughing and sneezing and vomiting on you. So, I mean, it was, it was a rough time. It was brutal being back there. You kind of had to team up with your other therapist, whether it was a speech therapist or occupational therapist to kind of help do it with you. Cause otherwise it was just, it was kind of morbid. And my facility, we didn't have as many deaths as the other one that I go to and help out. Sometimes, um, they had, I think 30 some die. So it was just like a very sad time. And like our homes haven't recovered yet. Like you lose so many people from either moving out cause they want to see their families again, or they passed away. And so these homes are empty. They still can't eat in the dining rooms. They still can't do activities. They're still locked up in their tiny little room with their roommates. It's, a really depressing thing actually. And like last week we had two ladies at birthday. So we were the ones who I brought them a treat for their birthday. And like, we've basically been their family. Have you tested positive yet for COVID? Mm-mm. Nope. I've, Crazy. I know You've for been being around ex- it so much. And yeah, we were exposed nonstop for a, a while. I, our homes don't have it anymore, thankfully. So we've been like in the clear, but I still Not get tested every week and I haven't. <laughs> Knock on wood. Yes. Probably because everyone in the state of Louisiana has already had it. (laughs) Um, But some of my coworkers did end up testing positive. They are out for a couple weeks, but we're in this tiny little office too. So I don't know how we all didn't get it. But, and um, does that, when you get tested, have you been tested for like the antibodies at all? Mm -mm. No, No, you've um, been getting tested a bunch. So it would have showed up throughout. mm -hmm. Yeah. The only thing that someone thinks that I, may have already had it was back and right when I first started it was a couple of weeks after I was super sick, like fever, chills, sneezing, like all these symptoms they had. Um and back then my fever wasn't high enough to go get tested as before they were testing everybody and their dog. So some people think I had it back then and that's why I was okay with it afterwards. But I also had like bad allergies and other stuff. So they gave me different antibiotics with other stuff and it works. So I don't know. How are you dealing mentally with this? Because what happened with us is we were like on the news um, looking at the numbers every day when this first started and Mm -hmm. we realized it wasn't like good for our mental health and like Mm -hmm. for us and your mental health affects your physical health. And so we were like, we kind of made a commitment to just not really look at the news as much as possible. Like obviously it's your feed is inundated with that kind of stuff. So you're, Mm -hmm. you still find things out for which is good because you could should kind of you need to be like stay in the loop yeah yeah but um we just found that for the most part we were gonna like change the way we did things as in obviously we're not like going out all the time or we're wearing Mm -hmm. masks when we need to but we're just like not gonna be obsessed with these numbers Mm -hmm. but I found a lot of people are still obsessively like looking at it like how have you coped with this whole pandemic just mentally and physically you're on your own I would say very similar to you in the beginning I was also obsessed looking at the news what was going on and then same thing as you like this is not good like this is only going to stress you out and then patients were always talking about it so we finally were like just turn it off stop watching it like it's not going to help anything and so I pretty much turned everything off and I'll hear about everyone so like you do but until then like my biggest thing is how many do we have in our home? How many staff have it? Or did we all come back negative this week? That's like the only thing I really care about now. And like, if someone did test positive, okay, who, who was it? We'll reround them. Who else did we treat afterwards? So it's just kind of confined to your own little area. So you're only worried about those people. That sounds kind of selfish, but it kind of keeps you more, you know, you're not worried about the big picture of everybody else and stressing yourself out. Yeah. You're only worried about what you can change on your, Mm -hmm. yourself Mm -hmm. and not, you can't really change the outcome of the world. So, um, right. uh, another question I had was, um, I've heard things like listening to Joe Rogan's podcast. He's had like some experts mm-hmm. on and they said that a lot of people that end up in the ICU, like 80% of them are like 86% or somewhere around there was vitamin D deficient. And then, um, that like 4% were not vitamin D sufficient. Have you heard anything about like vitamin D or zinc or like any of these things that like to make sure you're taking like supplements or. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard anything about the vitamin D to be honest. That was new news. Um, I don't pay attention to 
like the news and stuff like that anymore. Um, one of my friends though, coworkers who did test positive when she was at the urgent care because she got tested at work, came back negative, but she had every single symptom. And so she went and got another one, ended up testing positive because it was just too soon with the other one. They told her to make sure she was taking elderberry and zinc and vitamin C. So when we had our major outbreak, we were working in it all the time. I had vitamin C zinc tablets I would take every day just to help boost my immune system. And maybe that's why I didn't get it. I don't know. Maybe it was just pure luck. I, I mean, I was very careful trying to wash my hands and not like contaminate anything. So, I mean, washing your hands is good too. And then, um, oh, I was going to say something else. I don't remember. Oh, they said that it's part of the reason people can't regain their taste after having it is because it was a zinc deficiency. So people are now trying to take zinc supplements too regain their taste. Cause one of the girls I used to work with, she doesn't work with us anymore. She had it and still like three, four months later, she still couldn't taste a thing. Um, so I don't know how, I don't know how much truth that's in it. I told her to start taking zinc to see if it would help. And she never did. So I never found out if that helped or not. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I think we're, it's such a new virus and everything. <clears throat> we're all still like learning about what could potentially help and stuff. Um, right. And they're supposed to be like releasing some next week and in, in two weeks. So some the of the vaccines. vaccines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a question. So, you know, you grew up, like Shane said earlier, you grew up in Carthage, <clears throat> Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said too, it's a small town, 2,800. And from, from what, uh, from what I, well, I've been there many times and Shane, just told me a lot about it. Like it's not, doesn't seem like the type of place where many people leave and become doctors or, or, you know, study in big, bigger cities. Um, why do you think you like, or first of all, why did you want to do that? And is there any, I mean, are your, are your parents like that? Or why do you think that that, uh, made sense for you? Um, my parents always really just pushed me to follow my dreams and do like what I wanted for my future. And at that time I wanted to be a dentist and their only two close dental schools was university of Iowa and Edwardsville. And I chose to go down to Edwardsville cause that's where my dentist went to that I worked with. And he was like, Oh yeah, I'll help you get in blah, blah, blah. So I went down there and that was like the first like step to get out of there, I guess, out of Carthage. Not, it's not a bad place. I just don't want to go back. Um, there's just not a whole lot there. <laughs> As you've noticed. You mean like move back, right? I was gonna right. ask right. I was yeah. gonna ask you, do you ever picture yourself like moving back? No. no. <laughs> um the way, you also made, the way you said that made it sound like I know like I don't even want to go ever back. Oh no. <laughs> like I just want to move I knew back. That's what you did admit, but yeah. Um no, you guys it's cold and winter and snowy and icy, and I've lived in the south for far too long now. Can't deal. Like right now, it's the other day, and when I woke up with like 30 degrees, I was like, I moved away from this for a reason. Why is it cold here? <laughs> um, so anyway, I moved down there, and when I graduated school, I was like, Ooh, I like this like city life. Like I wanted to move downtown St. Louis. I was um, ready to just like keep going. And I'd always kind of joke with my mom. I was like, I want to move down to Daytona, Florida. Like that would be awesome to live on the beach. And she just like thought it was kind of a joke. And then when I got down to school in St. Augustine, which is about an hour north of Daytona, she told me when I got in, she's like, I know you're never moving back. And <laughs> she was right. But um, I loved it there growing up. It's, it was like really fun. We had fun. I feel like Shaney. Um, I wouldn't change that for the world. I liked having all those close friends. And it was basically like everybody was your friend there. You knew everyone. Sometimes it was not good because everyone knew your business all the time, but <laughs> overall it was a very good experience, but I just like where there's a little more action and I can kind of use my skills a little bit better. Like they were trying to get me to move back home and take the PT position there, but there's just not enough that I can do. Like I also want to work in acute care in a hospital and I can't do that in that hospital there. It's just not big enough. And I don't, I don't mean it's a mean way, but I feel like I would kind of lose my skills trying to, work in such a small rural area of not getting to be able to treat what I want to treat. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, in- it's funny because I feel like, um, like, I don't know, maybe not once I read all those, uh, 2012, like what everyone's doing, but for the most part, mm-hmm. it feels like if you're from Hancock oh. County, you stay in Hancock County. Like it's mm-hmm. hard to kind of leave, which I think, it's hard to leave any, no matter where you grew up. It's, it's your home. It's, your it's home. hard. Yeah. It's where all your family, all your friends, everything is. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's funny that all like my close friend group 
Rachel, Megan and Mary, like, and me, mm-hmm. all of us are gone. And so mm-hmm. I feel like that really, um, it just, it showed that we all kind of had similar, um, uh, that personality trait is like, of like, we knew there, we just wanted to experience something else it's more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that everyone should try, whether it's studying abroad for a semester or, um, if it's just a temporary thing, I think everyone should try to get out of their hometown for just a little bit because, uh, it just gives you such a different perspective. Um, I agree, you know, of what else is out there. Um, I mean, that's my goal is to just travel as many places as possible because when I do it really, it makes you realize how big the world really is and how mm-hmm. it humbles you. You know, I'm just this tiny dot on the planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, um, I'm really proud of all my friends that have you know, gotten out and experienced mm-hmm. different parts of the world. It was really cool seeing that 2012 thing to see like where people have gone. I mean, there was a lot of people that were still there, but. And even then they people. built like a beautiful mm-hmm. family and home and everything. And mm-hmm. they all seem very happy. Happy, and, happy. Yeah. So there's a cool way to catch up with people and to see what everyone's doing in the world. Mm-hmm. Did you have any other questions, Sam? I don't think so. Um, Rachel, did you have anything that you wanted to talk about that you haven't gotten a sh- chance to share about? I don't think so. Um, one last question I had was, uh, do you have any recommendations of like something? I know we talked about strength training, we talked about mm-hmm. stretching, but are there specific stretches that you think everyone should be doing? Or is there anything specific that like, for example, all of us are like, looking down at her phone mm-hmm. like, should we be like mm-hmm. doing like neck stretches like do you have any recommendations for that kind of stuff I would definitely think that would be a good work place to start is like stretching up here at your neck because like you said you always are having your head down looking at your phone um working on your posture because most everyone can have improvement in their posture no one's perfect especially not me either for being a therapist um so even if it's just like sitting in a court having your arms stretched out it helps stretch out all these chest muscles and kind of helps you stand up tall so just always being conscious of your posture um because trust me when you get older you don't want to look like some of the people that we work with because they're all hunched over or they have back pain they have neck pain so i would say that's a huge thing is just always working on your posture awesome cool well that's something easy everyone can do yeah. <laughs> yeah Um, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Um, did you have a, like anything you wanted to shout out, like your social media handle or anything? No, it's pretty, it's pretty basic with me and my like (laughs) hundred followers. (laughs) (laughs) My job isn't social media like yours. If you can like promote yourself, there's just me, (laughs) which is fine. Well guys, you know, Rachel's pretty cool. So go follow her on Instagram. It's pretty lame. The one post like a month. <laughs> I think it's like at rage bad or something, but all right. Well, thanks so much for talking with us. Yes. I hope maybe I can see you over. I'll home. be home for a week. Okay. Take the whole week off so we can definitely plan something out. All right. Well, all right. Thanks Rachel. See you. Nice to meet you virtually. You too. Bye guys. <laughs> Bye. See ya.